0: Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Kramblatt, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. everybody. Welcome to Her Drive Podcast. I'm super excited to have uh, Megan Zeman as my guest today. Hi, Megan. Welcome.
1: Hi. Thank you.
0: Of course. Um, I'm also excited because we are doing um, video now for those who are watching this on a platform that allows for video to happen. So you can see Megan's lovely face. My crazy hair that I have not brushed today <laughs> <laughs> sorry everyone I'm having a moment but um, that's one of the things I like about um, her drive is it's all about you know peeling back the layers to uh, women the guests that come on and really talking about who we are authentically and just showing up as that as much as we can uh, in our lives so I'm excited to introduce Megan to you all because I've only met her once um, and it was. I I connected with her very, very quickly, um, and I think you all will too. Um, She is a a business owner and president of Cobrix, and it's a real estate software solutions program, um, which we will dive into, and she can tell you all about it. But anyways, again, Megan, welcome back to Her Drive.
1: Thank you so much. And By the way, I do keep a hairbrush in my back desk right there. And makeup, and I've got earrings just in case I forget to put them on in the morning. So I have little tricks to keep me ready for Zoom calls all day long. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. I I could learn from you. I you know I've learned over the years like okay I have to have little things to keep myself prepared and reminders. Otherwise, it can be too much. Being a woman is hard. There's a lot that we're required to do and how to present ourselves. And so, um, yeah, I try to just keep little tools around so that I can keep it together as much as possible. So, Um, you're doing well. Meeting you, I'm so glad that we get to do this. Um, Yes. Yes, I have a company that I just joined a couple of months ago. So if I go back, my experience is different. I did not take the the normal path by any means. So I left home at 16 years old and I did not go to college. I went straight to work and I have had some really cool opportunities. Um, I don't know if it's because of my age, I felt like I had to prove something back in those early years. Um, or if it was also part of just my natural drive, but I definitely feel like I worked harder, you know, you know, as a 17, 18, 19 year old, um, to prove that I could do the job and that I was, um, worthy of bigger positions. And so anyways, I, I worked, you know, first starting into the restaurant industry And as most, I think, young people do, I learned a lot. I got relocated from Texas to California to Washington, Um, but I've always had this passion for software. So I started building websites when I was, uh, gosh, I guess probably ninth grade or so. And when, you know, I don't know if you remember Girl Pages, G-U-R-L. No. It was like, there were all these like website builders that you could teach yourself HTML. Anyways, that's my nerdy side of me coming in. Yes. <laughs> I've always loved tinkering around on computers. Um, so I happened to be at a networking event in Seattle. And I met a gentleman who had started this company called EnRu. And I decided, um, well, you know, we mutually kind of decided that I was going to interview with the company. And I started working there as his marketing manager I was 23 or 4 at the time maybe 23 and anyways it was very clear to me that this company was not going to work it was a startup company and the way that it was um, positioned just didn't make a lot of sense to me so you know me always feeling like I needed to prove myself was the loudmouth girl that was like this isn't gonna work this is what we should do and so he ended up making me a co-founder of the company and we took my idea and we actually patented the idea and we started building out a software company and fortunately um, after about seven years our company was acquired and anyone who's been involved in the software world knows that you have to do every single job with the company you don't have anyone else and you're limited by funding and so i ended up moving out of marketing into operations and i ran operations for the company and then continued to do the marketing taught myself photoshop and did all of the design work um, and then worked with our clients to figure out what was needed for the software and so i found passion in that. I love building companies. I love getting involved in everything. And because I didn't go to college or I don't have just this one skill set, I can do a lot of things, which is me in the startup world. That's where I excel. I'm never going to work for a big corporation. I'm not a, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I just, I'm a generalist. I like to get involved in everything. So anyways, that said i built that company and then i left to be a mom and so i have two little boys and i um, was a stay-at-home mom for several years and then they both are in school now so the last couple of years i decided to transition from being mom back to work which was really scary um, i was out of work for i mean intentionally purposefully that I didn't work for seven years. So it was scary trying to figure out how to go back into that world. Um, Especially having gone from, you know, my early to late 20s building my own company. I wasn't sure where I fit, you know, because I've done it myself now. And how do I go work for someone else after running my own company? And then I've also been out for so long. What if I don't know the software that is being used now? What if it's things are running differently? And they are. Um, I was, I was pretty nervous to go back in, but at the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to get back into the workforce because I want to take care of my family. I'm a single mom. I needed to provide for the kids and for me. And, um, I kind of put my big girl panties on and I started putting myself out there. I built my business in Seattle. So the last two years having moved to Texas, I don't know a lot of people here. So when I say I put myself out there, I was literally cold calling into people saying, can you just meet with me to talk about Dallas and the startup environment? And I I started meeting with people. And... Just through conversations, people wanted to hire me as a consultant to do little projects here and there, whether it was redesigning um, software for them or helping them figure out what their business strategy was or solving other problems within their business. So I ended up starting with that So I started a little consulting company and I wasn't really hustling per se. It was more organic of I'll have a conversation with someone and if they want to work with me, great. And if not, that's okay too. Um, I think something that's changed for me drastically from starting my company, being a co-founder was that that young 24, 25 year old girl, that ego has gone now. The ego i learned to set aside. And now it's become, I don't want to be involved in something if it's beyond my skill set. I want to make sure that I'm the right fit, that it's something that I'm going to be successful, that I can feel good about, and that I'm going to be successful for whoever's hiring me. And so that mindset's changed quite a bit over the years. Um, And I, you know, we've talked about this privately, but I think putting the ego aside and really knowing myself has changed the way that i operate not just in my personal life but in business too i've seen that change over the last two years um so anyways i started consulting i knew i wanted to do something full-time so i started um with a company last year the transition from consulting to full-time and it's kind of serendipitous the way this whole thing works out. And so that's why I'm giving you the full backstory because I'm I'm getting to a point is with my previous company, the one that I co-founded, I hired a business coach, which I highly recommend to people who get stuck. I hired a business coach because we were stuck. We weren't really sure which way to go. We were building a software that didn't exist. So we were new to market. People didn't really understand what we were doing. Having that coach really helped us find our way and that coach introduced me to a web designer that lived in Cyprus. I didn't know where Cyprus was at the time. I actually had a Google where is Cyprus and so that would have been about I don't know 12 years ago or so. I stayed in touch with that designer all these years He's one of the most talented web designers I've ever worked with. And so when I started with this company, um, a year ago, I wanted to redesign their website and I immediately reached out to this web designer because he's my guy. And he said, well, I'm working for this company. Now, do you mind if we use the company? I was like, I don't care. I want you. And so I started the engagement with this company. And like I said, I like to be involved. I love the design part of things, and so I was heavily involved in building out the concept for this website and uh, working with this company's team. This company is called Kobo Group. Kobo Group um, built the website. They the whole process was done seamlessly, even though they're overseas and there's an eight-hour time difference. So I was super impressed with how that relationship developed and and how we executed. And so at the time with the company, I wanted to build software for them. Like I said, I love software. I think software solves a lot of problems. And so that little nerd part of me that I discovered in high school uh, is what I have a passion for in business. And so I actually built wireframes, which is building a workflow of what this software would do. And I approached Kobo Group to build the software for me. And I got to know the CEO during these conversations. And he and he's also the founder. And he was very clear that he wanted to build it. But that's not where the company's focus was. They actually have built real estate software. And that's where their focus is. And that uh, software is called Cobrix. And so we continued to stay in touch and have conversations routinely. And I guess back in February, he, said, he approached me and asked if I would be interested in bringing cobrates into the U.S. And so I needed to really understand the software in this market. So I took about five or six months before I made the jump about, you know, again, wanted to make sure this is something that I can be successful doing. This is something that's exciting to me and, you know, something that, um, I would have a passion for. I don't want to do things that I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. I got into that place and I hope everyone gets to that place because life is so short, right? It's just not worth staying in the job that is miserable and doesn't bring joy and it's not worth staying in a relationship it's miserable and it doesn't bring joy and that's again something that I've learned over the last you know five six plus years that I want to do things that I feel like you know fulfill me and then make a difference in my life so I got to know Cobra and I decided to make the jump so I um, officially joined at the end of June and I went to Cyprus for the first time, which was amazing. Um, so beautiful there. It looks like, it's like Greece's stepsister. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't have all of the beauty and things of, of Greece, but it's very similar. And I did the whole culture is Greek, so all the Greek food, everything. Um, so I got to meet our team, most of our developers and marketing team that's there. And I got to drink from the fire hose, learn all about the products that we have and where we're going with them. Um, So the company's been around for six years, but it still very much operates like a startup because we're constantly in build mode, building and building, um, which is super fun for me. And so now I have the autonomy to bring it back here to the U.S. and figure out how to position it. Which again goes back to my passion of like I want to problem solve I want to strategize I also you know I'm giving my feedback on the design and you know, what the features are and then I'm figuring out how to position it here um, so I'm yeah I'm super stoked I haven't really launched it yet I'm still in that preliminary research stage. Um, trying to learn everything that we do and how to package it, he, you know, here for the U.S. So there's multiple parts to our business. We've got Cobo Group that builds beautiful custom websites that are, you know, it's limitless what we can do. Um, and then there's Cobrix, which is there's a CRM that is focused for the real estate industry, and then there are websites that work within that CRM. So a realtor, property developer, anyone in the real estate space can have a beautifully designed website built for them. And then everything, um, all of their clients are getting captured through the website and, and flowing into the CRM. CRM has a bunch of marketing tools that are built into it to build campaigns. and. Um, email brochures and can send texts and so forth. So it's very robust, but then there's also portals that are built into this, which is why I love, I'm so excited. I feel like Mm -hmm. I need about 10 more hours in each day to work because there's so much and I'm so excited about (laughs) what we're doing in the space that we're going into because I think this is going to be a game changer for people in this industry. Um, but there's also portals that are built focused for property developers for landlords to manage other agents larger brokerages and the tools are very intuitive easy to use and you know that you know to go backwards when I think about people in the real estate industry most are not super technical They are the networkers that are out there developing relationships face-to-face. And so having tools that are really easy to figure out and easy to use um, is important to me. So I'm always looking at the software from a non-technical perspective to figure Mm -hmm. out how you can make it very easy to use, um, a lot of our competitors use the Salesforce backend, which if you're familiar with Salesforce right. at all, it's very robust and Salesforce has its place in the market for sure, but it can be difficult to use for the average user. So making these tools easy, intuitive, the just the user interface of it is easy. That's important, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of work that's gone into it to make it robust and to do, um, more than the average CRM and marketing tools that are available. So anyways, that's my, that's my, uh, big focus right now is just figuring out how to build this company, how to bring it into the U S. Um, I'm in charge of both North America and South America and the Caribbean, so <laughs> beyond just this, but the U.S. is going to be the focus. Uh, And so I've got that going on. Then you throw in two kids and two dogs and a boyfriend and trying to manage life. And so things are busy, but exciting right now. So,
0: Well, that all sounds really amazing. And I love what you said about um, when building out software, understanding it from a non-technical person's like a layperson's perspective, because I'm one of the things I journal about almost daily is like modern technology, <laughs> like all of these advancements and, and systems that are built out like people like you, who just make the world a much better place. And when they don't go well, and I'm a small business owner, when things don't work, it's extremely frustrating <laughs> So, thank you for your great designs.
1: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know what the difference is? Is that there are a lot of software that are um, designed by developers. Well, developers have a different way of thinking. And so, it's much, they're much more complicated software products when they are designed by a developer. And so, it takes that marriage between a developer and a designer to make it easy. And of course you want a designer that's thinking about the non-technical part of it. But we also need the super smart developer that can make it work and make sure that it continues to work. Because like you said, if if it's not working, then that's causing more problems and people can't be successful in doing what they need to do. So um, that is such a huge, important factor to me when thinking about software and there's so many companies I come across that I want to just go work for them and fix whatever issue I have with their software and then I want to leave <laughs> like, I just want to fix this because I hate it yeah and so, you know but, but I don't want to work there I just mm-hmm. want to let's make this change and then I'll go <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Let's not complicate things. And if you let your you let your developers design, you're overcomplicating it. Um, so yeah, I run into that on the regular. Where I'm like, oh, this is driving me crazy. Or even like, <laughs> now, I mean, huge company. I use Mac, and I have all Apple products. That's my preference. But you know, my company still uses Microsoft products. Well and no,
0: that's so frustrating.
1: It doesn't quite work the way that it needs to. And so figuring out those kind of problems, I'm like, I, this is why I wish there were more hours in the day so that I could just fix
0: everything. And for you, I always think but, about, Oh gosh, if there were two of me, the things that could be done.
1: It sounds right. like
0: you need two of you as well.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, also I'm like, okay, I can't do it all. So I'm going to accept my limitations. And so I'm, how do you, and in, in, this is, This is a,
0: I'm asking this question, everybody, because I need the advice and it's something I've been working through. So how do you determine what to prioritize, what to say, maybe I'll get to that and when to let go of things that just ultimately you would love to do them, but you're probably never going to get to them.
1: I go through this every day where I look, well, and I'm still kind of old fashioned, I guess, in a sense that, uh, well, for business, especially, I still write everything in a wow. notebook. Wow. Um, I just, that uh, it, it works for me managing my kid's schedule. I mean, I use my calendar a lot, but I'm constantly reflecting, and this is something that I've learned to do over the years. I can be so busy that I don't give my, myself the time to just sit and reflect and that you know, that is for a lot of different things. Like I, I incorporate meditation into my life because I need that for my heart and for my brain. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece of it, but you know, in that hour or so that I set aside, and it's not always an hour, so let's be realistic. Like every single day though, I give myself the space to sit down and look at everything that I need to get done And then I go through and I figure out where those priorities are just by reviewing them. Every Sunday, um, this is something kind of newer to me. Like everybody has their own thing they want to do on Sunday, Sunday, Funday. I have learned that I don't want to like go out and have mimosas and brunch and all the things typically. I like to have a really chill Sunday and then I think about my week ahead. I look at my calendar. I make a point to look at my calendar so that I know what's coming. And then I think about where I can either fit in other things that I want to do. Like I have to prioritize and schedule a workout because I need that for my myself emotionally. But I have to plan it. So that's where I start to go through, okay, I've got this meeting. I've got this kid responsibility. Where can I fit this in, right? Because I know that that's important to me. Because if I start to lose taking care of myself,
0: then everything
1: kind of gets soured in a way. Um, So yeah, I'm constantly, and it doesn't, it's become a habit that I don't even think about it. My brain has just started to operate this way where, yes, I look at my week every Sunday, but then every morning I sit down and I review what I need to do. And then I decide where I'm gonna focus for that day. And, you know, yes, there's some things that I might not get to for a while, that's okay. I give myself grace on that. And if I feel like it needs to move up, then I move it up. I try to still maintain that flexibility, Mm -hmm. but I do know there's some that are like the less negotiable or non-negotiable. Like my kid's schedule, that's a non-negotiable, right? I have to take him to school every morning. Right. I can't get out of that. So I know that's not changing. My workout, that's a little more flexible, but I know that I need to incorporate that in because like I said, like, yes, there is a health factor from a physical standpoint, but I know that I need it for my brain.
0: I hear you. Yeah. It
1: keeps me in a much better place. It kind of keeps my... Um, emotions more in check. It makes it easier to deal with things when I'm taking care of myself that way. Um, and then I go through, you know, work. What do I need? What's, what's urgent? What's come up? Those obviously take priorities depending on deadlines or whatever. And, you know, with the flexibility of, okay, I know I have to pick my kids up at a certain time. Maybe I have to you know, have less time at lunch, or maybe I have less time um, at home at night. Maybe I, after I put my kids to bed, I have to do a little bit more work or I'm going to get up earlier the next day. You know, so it's like this, I guess I constantly have a conversation with myself about what's going on, Mm -hmm. how to prioritize it. That makes sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. And um, it's nice to... Meet a person who's similar as far as like the Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel so much, but when I'm home, I like like Sundays to so just be self care, like self loving self care. Even if it's just like in the evening times, but I usually like to like I will look at my my um, goals for the year and then my goals for the quarter that I wrote out, and then I'll redesign my week, and I I read and then each day I outline and I do this in Apple Notes. But I write it from like the start of the day to the end of the day, how ideally I would like things to flow as far as the task. And the the things that are at the top are like meditate, Reiki, journal, read. Those are like my top four things. And then a workout is always in there somewhere. Um, and then just throughout the day, some things happen in that that divine order that I created. And other times it's like what you said, you have to massage and move them around or maybe move them to a different part of the week. But I think by seeing it, either in a planner or on your phone or within an app, it's, it's, um, it's much easier to feel like you're, you have a direction and you're not just floating. Right. You don't like to float.
1: Too. As much as I don't like to think of myself as a controlled or like super controlling or um, scheduled person, I do have to follow a schedule and create a schedule for myself. And so not everything is scheduled out because that would drive me insane. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm too boxed in and I need that, at least I need to feel like I have, you know, the ability to just do things as they come too. Um, I have seen people and I try, you know, I appreciate everyone's got their own way of doing these. I've seen people who have every minute of every single day scheduled. That would drive me insane. I hear you. But I look at my schedule. I use my calendar for sure, and I make sure that I know what I'm going to focus on for that day. And if I need to get to it, I will make sure that I get to it. And then I know if, if it's something I can be more flexible on, then I then I let it go. But um, you know, I have incorporated self care into my day every single day, no matter what. Um,
0: and what does self care look like for you?
1: For me, well, I spend that time obviously looking at my schedule, building in the meditation. I'm really into listening to fre- like frequencies right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that I, you know, I find it so calming, and if I listen to that while I'm meditating, I feel like like I just get myself in this good place, and. Then I, if I know what I've got going on and I'm not winging it, that feels good to me. So that feels like self-care in a way that I'm setting myself up to succeed for the day. And then every night after I put my kids to bed, they go to bed relatively early. They are six, almost six and eight and a half. And so I still make them get into bed by seven, sometimes earlier. And they can read, but that gives me time in the evening to do what I need to do to take care of myself. So like, you know, spending the time to be, I take a bath every night, every, it's, it is a rarity that I miss a bath. And in that time, I'm making a point to put my phone aside and be with myself or listen to a podcast or listen to the frequencies or some kind of music or whatever. I just know that I need that time alone to be with myself. And so I give it to myself every night, no matter what I want that time. Um, and then, you know, I would love to start reading more. That's I finally have the time to do that and I haven't been doing it as much. So yeah, that would be a great time for me to add that in. But I'm also like, and I hope, you know, that everyone Gets to this point if they haven't, and I think you have. But I've learned to be really gentle with myself if I don't get something done. It could be this pressure where I was like, I've got to get this done and this done and this, and I just and I just felt like my chest was always tight because I was never getting everything done, and I was beating myself up over it and thinking that why can't I get all the things done? Why am I not doing more? And I've really just given um, myself this grace and acceptance of I'm not the person that's going to do it all. And that's okay. I'm going to honor myself. I know that I need my bath time. I know that I need my alone time during the day. Um, And that sets me, those are things that set me up to perform better in my life. So, you know, there was a time where I would see, you know, especially from the parenting side of things where, you know, like you can't help but kind of compare yourself a bit, especially like when you're a newer mom, I think, but I know a lot of moms that still do this and, you know, they've got to have like the perfect teacher gifts for every single possible thing at school and they're volunteering constantly and you know they're really good about putting the notes in their kids lunch boxes every day and sometimes I do it but sometimes I don't and I'm like you know what I'm okay with that I don't have to be this perfect like vision of the way someone else is doing it and I've learned to celebrate myself like whether I'm resting or I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so now now it's become this mindset of, you know what? I'm having my back today. I'm doing a good thing to take care of myself. I needed this, and I'm positive about it. And, okay, I didn't get maybe this done on my list. I'm going to do this tomorrow. But, man, look at all the things that I did do. This feels good. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, I mean, it goes – if you want to like to really take the step back, the, the way that we talk to ourselves is so important. And I wish I could learn this sooner. And I think a lot of people, this is one thing I love about technology and social media. I think it's becoming more prevalent and uh, people are more aware of it now in today's society. Maybe not everyone, but I th- I'd like to believe that people are starting to get these teachings and then it's more widespread, but I think that at least over, you know, the last several years for me, this concept of being gentle with myself, loving myself, like having grace with myself, um, being, basically being the parent that I needed and still parenting myself in a way, the way that I talk to myself has been a game changer for me just how i like interact in life and even like it's i've always been an empathetic person but i think my empathy even in business has increased and um, definitely like in the other areas of my life but i find that when i am empathetic to myself i'm gentle with myself i give myself space to rest and to um, improve Like, like i'm not perfect and i'm not trying to be perfect i'm just being who I am every day I try to just live one day at a time be where you know did I get what I needed to do done today am I happy with the way that I live my life today like that's enough you know if I'm not it's okay what am I going to change what am I going to do better yeah right? so have
0: you ever heard of something called mental contrasting no I don't know it sounds like that's what you kind of do naturally. But essentially, it's like when you have a negative thought, it's a way to analyze it and process and determine what to do with that thought. So it's like the first question is, is this true? Yes or no? So if it's no, then it's like, okay, goodbye thought. But if it's a yes, the next question would be, if I'm remembering the order correctly, is, okay, is this something that I can change? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Is this something I want to change? Yes or no? Yes okay, well, how do I do that? And then you just go through the process, right? So I think it's um, a, a better way to be compassionate in a more um, therapeutic sense and give some a structure to our thoughts. So it just seems to me like that's what you're doing
1: naturally. You know, well, and I, you know, I don't think it's even like, this is learned behavior. I have done so much therapy over the years. Um, I mean, there is a reason I left home, so yeah, like there is a, this has been a journey. (laughs) Journey. There has been um, so much work to do in my life to unlearn behaviors that I learned uh, in childhood from a very traumatic past and even, you know, through a traumatic marriage. And so I think, you know, yes, okay, there's a name for it, I didn't know that. I. Follow people on Instagram that I learned from. Mark Rose is where it started. Big heart. Oh, I love him. I found him probably about six years ago, and he just resonated with me a hundred percent. I prior to that, I had taken this kind of mindset of, "Oh, I'm just glad that you know whatever's happened to me has you know made me who I am today," and that's where I left it. Yeah. okay, that got me through some hard times in my life, but that was not enough. You know, I think that, like I mentioned earlier in my early years of business, a lot of it was coming from a place of ego. I need to prove myself. I was perfectionist. Those were all learned behaviors from childhood. And I didn't recognize them or think through where they came from until later in life. And now that I understand them, I gotten to really understand myself. Like why do I do the things that I do? And that started with finding the mark, finding more mark growth and then finding additional coaches and um, therapists on Instagram and then that led me into therapy whereas previously when I had done therapy it was more of like a checkbox like okay I did it but I didn't really learn from it. And so Yes. I have learned to that concept through therapy. And I think there's, um, we've talked about this before, but I've kind of built this toolbox of, okay, when I do reflect back on something and there's something that I want to change, or I don't like the way that I behave, I look at myself and I think about what's in my toolbox that I can use to do better the next time to, or to work through whatever the issue is. And so sometimes that's therapy, sometimes that's self-care, sometimes that's rest, sometimes that's cleaning up my diet. I like am absolutely affected by eating processed junk food and sugar, and I notice that I'm much more um, cranky and like temperamental if I'm not like feeding myself healthy foods too. Um, uh, and then I also know like for the big things that I found EMDR therapy, which has changed my life. And so now I feel like I've, I, I don't have to just like white knuckle life. If something comes up, I've got all these different things that I can use to improve it. And so, yeah, I, I haven't heard of that. And there's always like where I wish I had more time as i would love to just read endlessly. I wish I could read all the things, but that's my one thing that kind of gets dropped off. On yes, the because it's like by the end of the day, and like, especially when I've got my my little voice here, which I have the majority of the time, I'm like, I'm exhausted and I don't want to read. <laughs> so yeah, trying to figure out okay where can I incorporate that in because um, like I could just like you know suck up all this information. And I would love to, but I just, I just haven't given myself the, um, the space for it, I guess, you know?
0: Yeah. Now I feel the same way. One of my fantasies is to like be stuck on an Island for a month or two, just with like me, like in Fiji somewhere, you know, like on stilts in the water or the Maldives. And I'm like, all I have are my books and my journal, you know, and like maybe a sex toy, but like, that's all I want. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I did take time for that, but yeah. so, you know, it's like, that's the self care thing. Like I, we you know that I need to take care of business too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like, I always like to live in this moment of tomorrow is not promised. So I want to do all the things that I can every day uh, because tomorrow isn't promised. I don't know how long this life is going to be. But I do think about that, especially this summer, as I've traveled so much. I've hit four countries in the last two months or so. Some of it was for fun. Some of it was for work. But I'm like, I love to travel and experience cultures. And I feel like there's just something so empowering, too, to travel by yourself and you get to just be alone. And I think about that as I... Every day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to this place where I'm going to raise my boys and send them off into the world, and then I want to spend all of my time traveling. I want to go to, you know, I want to go back to Bali. I love Bali, and I feel like there's some, there's something there. It's in my heart that I feel drawn back to Bali. I was only there for ten days um, back in May, June, June, June it was, and. I know that I need to be there because there's something more for me to learn on there so I keep thinking about okay I'm gonna get back to Bali I'm gonna stay I want to learn all the things there's so many beautiful spiritual practices there that resonated with me that I want to go and just learn directly from the sources um so yeah it's it's yeah I just i i love to travel and I want to make time for it and I want to make time for more books and, um, I try not to get stuck in that, okay, I'm going to do it later, but I, there is a part of me that has to wait to do it later because I have kids, <laughs> but I think about it where I'm, you know, wherever I can build it in right now, I'm going to build it in. Like, I know I don't have my kids for Christmas. So I'm already thinking about what new experience am I going to give myself and it's going to be by myself. Maybe it's not. Um, I become a big believer and you're so good at this. And one of the things that draws me to you is you go, you just go and you have these experiences and either you're alone or you're with someone else. It doesn't even matter. And I, I have learned to love that. Um, I started traveling by myself gosh, about, I guess it would have been about four four years ago was the first time I I went um, out of the country by myself as an adult. Um, Yeah. I mean, or even like just, I I think that I've ever done, I'd have to reflect back, but I think that was my first solo trip where I went to South America. I went to Peru by myself and I ended up meeting a retreat there. So that made it feel a little bit more comfortable, but I felt so empowered. And I was like, wait a second, I can, I can do this. Like, I don't need someone to take me and speak Spanish for me. I can do all of these things by myself. And I did. And I've made a point of doing that every year since, at least once a year, where I go do something by myself. And whether I'm in a relationship or not, I will continue to do that. That's like also a self-care thing, I think. Like going and showing yourself that you can do hard things. I think it is huge. And so um, that's, I guess, that's another thing that I've incorporated in, into my life is like, I want to keep loving myself and taking care of myself and challenging myself so that I keep growing. And, um, you know, knowing that when the hard things come up, I can deal with it is great. But, you know, knowing that there's also good things out there to come too is, is also a really good reminder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. People can be like that fake positive that everything's great and easy and whatever. And it's not. It's hard at times. But it also is good at times. Mm-hmm. I think that remembering that there's both is good too. So I guess Absolutely. I on like that because I just, I get passionate about it even though it's like... <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I get excited, I, you know. Like I'm excited about all the challenges now, because I'm like, I know I'm going to learn something from it, and I'm going to be better than I am today, and that feels good, even when it's so hard. And you know, that's even like I I mentioned this to you earlier when we were talking offline. It's you know, even when it's like dealing with the trauma and dealing with Childhood stuff, or I mean, even things that happen as a grown up. I was prior to this last, you know, year or so, I knew how to pick every narcissist out there as a partner, and <laughs> finally got sick of my shit and was like, "Why am I picking the wrong people? I feel like I'm healthy. Why do I keep doing this?" And I had to face it, and it was a lot of work. But I learned so much from it, even though, I mean, I say it with a smile, because I'm on the other side of it. But man, like, I mean, I went to the depths of the dark, you know, of my life felt so broken. And now that I've gotten through it, and that's just one little piece, but I've gotten through this and I've seen myself like live out what I've learned over and over and over again and I've seen this like change in me and it has been such a success that I can celebrate almost every day because like my life has changed right and um it wasn't it wasn't like all sunshine and rainbow unicorn happiness it was fucking hard really hard where every day for a while was tears and white knuckling like I gotta get through this and I will get through this, but it was you know, it's taken a lot of hard work. And so it's worth it. And I always try to encourage that to people of like if you've got even the little things where you're like, I just don't like the way that I'm showing up or I don't like the relationships I'm allowing or you know if you can get clear about who you are and what you accept and, and then get curious about why maybe things in your life are not what you really want them to be. Then I think you can start to look at what the root of it is and then how, then it's like, it's like a process again, you know, like you were mentioning, what did you call it again?
0: Oh, mental contrasting.
1: It's like, yeah, it's like mental contracting is once you start this awareness and I will say like my awareness has increased more and more and more over time, but you start to like, you look to see what you don't like in your life or where you're struggling and then what's your role in that, right? And then that's where change starts. If you can see you have a role in everything that's happening to you, right? We all do. We have, we are. So in control of our own lives, we have a role, of what we accept, what we allow, the choices that we make, right? Everything, which I feel like that's an amazing, the, the fact that we have control, we can change our life at any time we want. is incredible. It's, it's incredible. I wish I would have learned it sooner, you know, like pushing 40, but I'm like, Thank that I know now, like- Absolutely, it's never too late. It's never too late. I mean, even like, okay, let's like, it affects every part of your life too. If you would have asked me three years ago, four years ago, would I be you know taking charge of this really cool software company to bring it into the US? I would have been like, ooh, that doesn't sound reasonable. <laughs> no. I just did not have the confidence at the time where I was like, I was still barely, Oh, I don't know. But I think through the self-awareness, I was like, I got empowered because I'm like, I can do hard things. And I know myself, I know my limitations. And that changed the trajectory of my business life. It's changed who I am as a mom. It's changed who I am as a friend, as a sister, you know, all the things. So yeah, I think the fact that we can change whatever we want, if we're willing to look at ourselves, is huge. So, um, and it's all like intertwined. I was doing a podcast I mentioned a couple of months ago, and it's so hard for me to stay focused just on business because the change in the, my approaches—it really just is. You know, has affected my entire life. I don't think that um, I would be where I'm at in business. You know, I have everything working against me. I didn't, I don't have a college degree. I don't have like a specialty. And I don't think that that matters. I think, you know, we're taught that, yes, you have to cross this off, do this, do this to get to where you want. And that's not true. Like, we get to decide where we want to go. And if we believe in ourselves, then we can do it. Right. It goes all, I think it all goes back to that inner voice and how we talk to ourselves and, um, you know, how, how we, how we reflect and, and know who we are. You know, like I, I know I have my limits, but I also know that I can make a decision at any moment to work past it. right? Um, And I think, you know, that goes even into parenting. I'm parenting in a different way than I was taught. And it is hard because I'm like, most of the time I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I've kind of gotten to this place of like, I don't think I'm totally messing up my kids, but at least I know like the tools I can show them and teach them for when they are messed up. Like they're going, they're I'm just going to assume they're going to have to go to therapy. Yeah, I think. (laughs) Well, and the fact that I've accepted that has kind of been a game changer for me. because I'm like, okay, I know they're going to need something. So at least now I can say, well, this is what works for me. (laughs) And I can obviously advocate for them and give them, you know, help now. But I've accepted that I'm not going to do everything right or perfect because i'm learning too i'm learning right there with them i'm learning every day how to be a mom and how to be a better mom um you know there's just there's the life there's no like handbook, right exactly about ourselves um well speaking of like a younger
0: like giving younger people advice if you could go back in time and give like a younger you some words of wisdom what would you say and how old would would you be?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of things I would say at each stage, right? Um, As that that 16-year-old who left home, I would probably give her a hug and reassure her that everything's going to be okay. As that, you know, 23, 24-year-old running business with the ego, I would have reminded her that it doesn't matter what other people think. You be you. That was a huge um, lesson that I think I learned from my 20s is to just let yourself be you. And you know what? Everything that doesn't line up with your values and who you are, including people, that's okay. I've accepted, that That was probably the big one for me to accept as an as a early 20s, is that not everyone's going to like me. I don't need to prove myself to them and, and try to force it. That I can just be myself. And if they don't like me, that's okay. That's about them. That's not about me. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the best thing that I could have done was just to honor myself. In those years, I spent many years trying to be someone else and trying to live up to what I thought I was supposed to be versus just honoring who I was. You know, yeah, the little girl I would have been, you're going to be okay. Give her that reassurance. And then that, you know, young 20s girl, I would have told her to just be yourself because, you know, I spent... And, and I, you know, I got married when I was 23 years old and I was, that's, I was married for a good 10 years and I was always trying to be what my partner wanted me to be. And at the end of the day, I was miserable because I wasn't honoring me. And at the end of it, I had lost myself completely. And so I didn't start to really find myself again until I was in my, almost my mid thirties, I guess early to mid, probably around 31, 32, where I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I could go, that would be the one thing. If I could go back, I would have told that young lady, just be who you are. You're not going to like everyone either. So it's okay if people don't like you. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, now it's like, I I can appreciate that. I was a little nervous to move back to Dallas because that was my experience in Dallas, especially as a high schooler where I was like, I went to all girls private school and I felt like, you know, I, maybe it was what I had going on in my life because I had a very like, traumatic home life. I wanted people to like me so badly. I just so desperately want, and I think, you know, I just wanted to be loved at the end of the day. Yes know how to love myself. I thought I liked myself. I never like didn't not like myself, but I I think that I was so desperate to be loved that I was willing to sacrifice my own values, who I was, to get other people to try to like me and accept me. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous. I left Dallas at 18 and I went to work, you know, and then um When I was moving back two years ago, at first, I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like, because I think that, you know, I've lived in enough cities, and I'm sure you have too. Dallas can be hard. There's definitely clicks here still. And so I was a little bit nervous about coming back into that, and, you know, each year I get more and more sure of myself, and I realized as I was trying to find my friends and my people, it was very... Evident to me right away who was going to be my friend or not because I knew myself well enough where I was like, okay, this is not my person. Okay, this is not my person. Okay, this is my person. This is these are my people. And so, but you have to like, I think just be really honest with yourself again. Like, it's okay if those are not your people and you're not their people. It's okay. Like, at the end of the day, like you're not going to please everyone and no one, not everyone's going to please you too. And so, um, I feel like that was a really long lesson in my life. Just come to full acceptance of me and how I show up in the world. And, you know, I've learned that I'm one of those people where my little group is small, but that's how I like it because I like to go deep. Mm -hmm. So I don't like do well in those set those situations where it's just very superficial conversation, you know. And not everybody feels comfortable with that, so I'm I'm aware enough to know my audience. Dial <laughs> <laughs> it back, but I'll also be like, eh, not my person, and that's. What, um. So yeah, I wish. I mean, that's my very long-winded answer of saying, I wish I would have learned that lesson sooner. I wish, as a young woman, that I didn't feel offended when people didn't like me necessarily, or even in business, like people didn't give me the respect that I should have gotten in my position. I mean, I had, there was a, this is like a side story, but there was a man that I hired when I, so I was the COO of the company I co-founded and I hired a man who was probably about 40 years older than me to do sales. We went to a meeting together and he introduced me as an account executive, which obviously was not my role, but he didn't want to introduce me as my role because, you know, whatever. He's older. He didn't, he just, I don't know. He had issues with it. I do still feel like there is some disparage. The disparity between male and female in work, I've experienced it firsthand. I've worked in very male-dominant industries, and so I have felt how we're treated differently. Um, and that was one of those situations. And so I said nothing, which, I, you know, for 24, 25, I was pretty, like, impressed with myself that I said nothing. I didn't defend it. I just gave my business card to the client, and then they look at it. And they looked at him and they looked at me and they no longer spoke to him for the rest of the meeting Mm. because they were like, Oh, you're the, you know, you're the COO. And so they, you know, tunnel vision, but it was this weird situation where I was like inside, I got kind of insecure about it where I was like, do I belong? I don't know if I belong. Right. Like they don't respect me. I feel like I should have respect. Like I created this company. Yes, with a business partner, but like, this was my idea that I, we patented, you know, and we joined forces. And so I felt like I wasn't always getting the respect and I took that very personally. There's so many days that I went home just so stressed out because I didn't get taken seriously. Even someone wrote a review about me that worked for me. It was like on Glassdoor calling me Career Barbie. And I was like, what? And like, you know, I was just, And I, you know, took it personally. Now I can look at it and I'm like, "That's hilarious." I mean, yeah, I hope I look like I did. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I've been cute, and you know, like I had a great presentation. I don't know. Like I don't. I think of it as funny now, where I'm like, "Okay, that." But at the time, I was so offended because. I wanted everyone to like me and respect me, and I didn't realize that it was not about me. And so, exactly now, it's someone you know doesn't like me, doesn't respect me, or gives me a look. I'm like, that's them, that's not me. And there's not a second thought about it. Um, You know, I'm working on that with my eight year old, he cares very much about what people think, and so we're constantly talking about honoring our uniqueness and you know honoring who you are and and that if someone doesn't like it that that's okay that's that's for on them That's not on you the only thing that you can do is be who you are and if there's something you want to change about yourself and improve or whatever then you can look at yourself but don't do things for other people do things for you and so um yeah, I you know I hope that that lesson will resonate with him as time goes on, and he can start living that out. It's so hard to be a kid. It oh, really- sure.
0: Yeah, I, it's been a minute since I've been a kid, but my inner child understands still.
1: Well, that's exactly, and you know, I really I like that you brought up inner child because I think back, like I said earlier, like I'm trying to parent myself now too, like parenting myself. It's that inner child that's like, now finally me, the grown-up that's learned these lessons is going back in and saying, it's okay. That's about them. Mm-hmm. I've also like, when I went to Bali, I I let that inner child have fun. Yes. You know, yes. for sure. But mm-hmm. now, you know what? They had this giant swing in the forest where you could rent a ball gown and like just go and that little girl in me was so happy because that's something like that I had allowed myself to be like little Megan was all, all, like a little adult because I had to be. And so like letting myself even just have fun now has been so such a gift. It is such a gift. Um, so yeah, I would, I would even give that advice of like, it's yeah. okay, go have fun. Who cares? Like you, have this one life, like just go live it and all the things that bring you joy. You know, get involved in the companies that you challenge you and excite you. Have the friends that add to your life and that you can have fun with and or have deep conversations or whatever it is that brings you joy. And then, you know, yeah, take care of yourself and do the things that you know feel like. Home, you know, having that bath every night feels so good to me, but also like getting up and busting ass in the morning and feeling like I'm making a difference in my job also feels really good. So it's a place for all of it. Right. So that's beautiful.
0: So just one last question. Oh, okay. Um, when you're like looking in your crystal ball or like down the road of life, what do you see for yourself or what do you hope to manifest?
1: yes uh love this question so something that i learned in my first company is that i love to build a company and then i want to sell it and so my goal is to build out this company for the next couple of years and then position it to be acquired so i want to sell it um and then i see myself at some point and actually one of my dear friends who lives in bali that's one of the reasons I went to Bali, Um, she mentioned this to me and it's something that has always kind of been inside of my heart. I've always wanted to help women. I feel like there is a reason I have this past with all these things. I've tinkered around with writing the book because I do enjoy writing. It's very therapeutic. Um, But I want to eventually get to a place where in some way, I'm helping women, whether it's, you know, just sharing my story and, you know, things, how I've gotten through very difficult things or what, how how I've worked in business. I don't know if it's going to be on the personal side or the business side, but I know that there is a path for me at some point in my life where I want to be involved in helping women in some way. It could be, Like I mentioned, maybe it's, you know, even just volunteering at a domestic violence center and supporting women in some way. I just feel like there's still so much room to help women. And so I know that that's definitely on the horizon for me Um, after I build this company. I want to build this company, you know, obviously continue to teach my boys, but my crystal ball is I want to you know, shape these men, mold them out to go into the world, finish out this software. I don't know if there's going to be another company after that. My brain's always kind of firing off on ideas. So maybe, but I do know ultimately, like when I share and someone learns something from it or is encouraged by it, there's nothing that feels better than that. That feels so good to me. So I know that that's. It's in the back of my mind, but I also am like, as much as I'm trying to manifest it, I want it to happen organically when it's supposed to happen. So I'm not pressuring myself to focus because I think it's going to just get bigger and bigger as time goes on naturally. Yep. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I know travel and taking care of myself, continually, uh, continually, continually, Growing is going to be a forever path for me. I just don't want to stop. Um, I want to keep doing the work to keep loving myself well and, and learning about who I am so that I can show up the way that that feels right for my life. So that's going to be a part of my, my crystal ball future is always that's like that. That doesn't go away. It's not just the, uh, as you know, the ones stop like, "Oh, I did my therapy. I'm done." <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. No, oh, sure. there's always more to unfold and 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 to 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 unfold, to discover, to heal, to appreciate, and to walk with others who are at a different space where you used to be. So, I really appreciate this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Absolutely. Well, Megan, um, how can the listeners find you?
1: Sure. Uh, The best way right now, we are working on our U.S. launch, um, but we are still taking clients. Obviously, if there's anyone who's interested in redesigning their website or is interested in the software tools, um, our website is cobrix.com. It's Q-O-B-R-I-X.com. Uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn, too, and send me a message. I did just finally open up a Instagram page, which is, like, a little bit daunting to me because i kept my life so private. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram. I started a business page. So that's Presmeg, P-R-E-S-N-E-A-G. So come give me a follow. And I'm trying to share things all about balance. So from being a mom to being an entrepreneur slash executive, And just being a, uh, you know, student of life.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. Well, we'll definitely share your info in the show notes. Um, So this has been super fun. Thank you. And I can't wait to see you again in uh, real life sometime Uh soon. Uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Kramblatt. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and Her Drive to success.